Welcome into Locked On Blackhawks for Tuesday, Talk Back Tuesday, May 12th, 2020. This episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Built Bar. I had the chocolate orange. That's my new favorite. Remember, with the promo code Locked On, you get $10 off your first box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. Lots to get into today, believe it or not. Here on Talk Back Tuesday, hit me up via voicemail, 708-653-0572. You can also send an email to LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. You can follow my personal account on Twitter at jayzawaski 670 And there was a brand new episode of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast published late last night, about 9.30 on Monday night, so check that out. My buddy James Navo and I talk about a few hockey-related things uh, on there, of course. Talk about the potential return of hockey, which, depending on who you talk to, looks good, looks bad. I don't know. We're in a very weird place here, obviously, and uh, you know we're just trying to get through it. So thank you for joining me. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to continue listening to Lockdown Blackhawks. I greatly appreciate it. I'm going to be totally honest with you. The longer this goes, the less there is to talk about and the harder it gets to do these things. Uh, but I'm here. I'm doing them. So uh, thank you for participating. Uh, very glad to have your feedback uh, you know, on the episode. And, and thank you for participating. So first email comes from Jake. He says, the answer on which player meant more to the dynasty between Taves and Kane, my answer is Taves. By the way, if you don't know what he's talking about, last week I was uh, referencing Jimmy Greenfield's Twitter poll on if you had to choose one of the two players for the dynasty, would it be Jonathan Taves or Duncan Keith? And it was a really tough answer. So Jake, who uh, runs the Chi-Town Hockey Podcast, says his answer is Taves. The Blackhawks are constantly bringing second, third, fourth line centers in and out over the years. Without Taves, our number one center in 2013 would have been Hanzus, and without him in 2015, it would have been Brad Richards. Don't get me wrong, but Richards was a bit old for the number one center position in 2015, and I understand he was a trade deadline acquisition, so these centers I'm referring to are in the Stanley Cup Finals. The Blackhawks are stacked on D throughout the Dynasty era, and I think it could have won a championship without Keith. The list of good defensemen goes on. Seabrook, Oduya, Jalmerson, Roosevelt, Campbell. Without Keith, yeah, maybe three cups don't happen. But looking at the defensemen of the dynasty era, we had a lot of good players in their prime. I'd love to hear your thoughts and the answer, Jake. Uh, Jake, thank you so much for the response. Uh, I agree with you, and I actually did change. The, the vote I put on Jimmy Greenfield's poll at the time was Jonathan Tate, or was Duncan Keith, rather. And after thinking it out and talking about it, I changed it to Jonathan Taze for many of the reasons you brought up. The fact that the Hawks were sort of always searching for that second-line center, that was something they had trouble doing and filling for a long time. So without Taves, you're right. They were really, really troubled at center. And even if you wanted to twist your mind into thinking that Patrick Sharp could have been a full-time center, okay, maybe. Right, And, of course, there's other things to consider. If Jonathan Taves is not on the payroll for those later years, maybe they can sign somebody and bring somebody in. There's a lot of what-ifs. But if we're just playing the game of you have to take one of the two, I, I take Jonathan Taves. And I do think when it's all said and done, Keith will, might be remembered as a better player, which is crazy to think of. But look at what he's doing at the age he's doing it at. It's really incredible. And, uh, you know, whether or not hockey comes back this year, we don't know. 
but Keith was having a pretty solid season this year. And it's crazy to think. Like, it feels like so long ago that hockey was played. And it is. It is a long time ago. It's two months ago. But, like, the Kirby Doc rookie year and the Adam Boquist rookie year and Calvin DeHaan getting hurt and all those things, that was this hockey season. That's technically still happening. It's kind of amazing. Got another email here from Sarah. She says, I started listening to your Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast in August of 2018 when I moved out of Illinois to begin a graduate program for occupational therapy. It helped me still feel engaged and connected with a team that I love when away at school. When you started hosting the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, listening to it in the morning when I was getting ready for class in the morning, now with COVID-19 and having to transition to e-learning or Zoom University for the remainder of the semester, the podcasts have remained one of the few bits of normalcy for me. Thank you for that. I have a couple questions that may be a bit silly, she says. If you could design an alternate or third jersey for the Blackhawks, what would it look like? Also, with the Seattle expansion draft coming following the 2020-21 season, who on the current roster would you expect the Blackhawks to protect? Then, which players who are not protected would you see Seattle being most interested in taking from the Blackhawks and why? Thank you so much for continuing the Blackhawks content. Sarah, thank you so much for the kind words. I really do appreciate that. Um, third Jersey. I don't know. Like, I I don't know if they need anything else. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty happy with the ones they have right now. I like the, the, obviously the originals, the white and the, and the red, the white is my favorite. I've said that many times, but the thirds now the black with the white stripes, the Winter Classic jerseys from the Notre Dame Winter Classic. I think those are great because they are classic. They are throwback, right? They have the they remind you of the original six era. I don't know if I would change anything from that, quite honestly. Some people like the black jerseys the Hawks wore in the 2000s, but I think those sort of look a little bit out of date. And I don't know if it's only because that's when they wore them, so it kind of feels like that era. But I'm very happy with the three they have. I don't know if I would change a thing. I don't know if I could dream up a better idea than what they've already done. All right, as for your question about the NHL draft in Seattle, here are the rules as they stand right now. Current NHL teams can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie or eight skaters and one goalie under the following conditions. All players with no movement clauses at the time of the draft and who decline to waive those clauses must be protected and will be counted toward their team's applicable protection limits. All first and second year NHL players and all unsigned draft choices will be exempt from selection and will not be counted towards protection limits. In addition, all NHL teams must meet the following minimum requirements regarding players exposed to the draft. One defenseman who is under contract in 2021-22 and has played in 40 NHL games prior to the season or played in at least 70 NHL games in the prior two seasons. Anyway, it goes on and on. Basically, when you're looking at the Blackhawks roster through that time, there's only a few players that are really eligible to protect. They can't move Keith, no movement clause. Kane, Taves, no movement clause. Um, Zach Smith has one, but he's a free agent there. Sod's a free agent after that, after next year. So there's a lot of guys that are already gone. 
Ryan Carpenter would be a guy to consider. He has a year left in 2021-22. That's a guy to consider. Matthew Highmore is another guy to consider. Um, see, there's not a lot of really high, like, uh, you know, this is a, a tough situation to get rid of here. Oli Mata, if you keep him around, would be a candidate. Connor Murphy would be a candidate. You know, so as you look up and down the roster, there's not a ton of guys that really fit the bill. There's a lot of guys in the minors. Like you look at it like a Mackenzie Entwistle, but again, he hasn't fulfilled the playing time thing yet. So there's there's some time yet. It's a little bit early to say, but some of those names I listed, if the Hawks choose to keep them around, keep in mind it could be to protect themselves from losing someone they really love in the expansion draft. Like again, Ryan Carpenter, Olimata, Names like that, guys who are signed through 2021-22 who've got a lot of games under their belt that wouldn't be franchise-wrecking if you lost them. Those are some potential names to keep an eye on. Sarah, thank you so much for the question. Really, really good. Hey, by the way, Built Bars, I started the show talking about them. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. It's a protein bar that literally tastes like a candy bar. My 9-year-old daughter steals my Built Bars. That's all you need to know. It's one thing if I was like, oh, this granola bar is pretty good. My nine-year-old daughter wouldn't steal them. My daughter thinks they're candy. They're, they taste like candy. They're delicious like candy, but they're healthy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a built Bar. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Two of the best I've tried. The peanut butter brownie, that's 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs. The mint brownie, 15 grams of protein, 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs, 16 amazing flavors, 8 are chocolate nut, 8 are chocolate nut free. Every Built Bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in to Talk Back Tuesday. Want to get a question in for next week? Very easy to do. The voicemail number is 708-653-0572. Email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. And, of course, you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. But Dale, he left a voicemail. What do you got to say, Dale? Hi, Jay. The Chicago Wolves um, need a new NHL affiliate. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights have ended their relationship. Um, so they're in search of an affiliate. And, um, you know, I don't know what happened to Rockford, but what are the chances the Hawks would pick up the Wolves as their affiliate? Uh, is that rivalry between the two teams and the two front offices still still a thing? I don't know. I know it was for a long time, especially because of the Wayne Mesmer, uh, you know, versus Billboards kind of thing. So, uh, anyway, just a thought. If you know if that has calmed down, if that's still sort of a competitive slash adversarial relationship between the two uh, teams. Dale, thank you very much for the question. Appreciate that. Uh, so, two things there. The Wolves and Blackhawks relationship is no longer... Uh, adversarial. It was when the Wolves started their franchise and they marketed almost directly against the Blackhawks because it was like, hey, come and feel good about hockey again. Because I know a lot of our listeners don't remember 
how bad things were for the Hawks in the 2000s and the end of the 90s. They were horrible. Their games were on TV. They sucked. It was there was it was no hope. There was nothing good coming from the Blackhawks then. So the Wolves were like, look, we're winning. We win Calder Cups. We're a good team. We're close to Chicago. Come see us in Rosemont. And of course, the Hawks didn't like that. Then Wayne Messmer leaves the Hawks, starts singing anthems there. Then the Wolves hire Pat Foley after the Hawks lay him off. It was bad for a while. As far as I know, that's not the case anymore. Everything's fine, as most things were repaired when Rocky and John McDonough and everybody took over. I don't see that happening, though. Here's why. The Wolves like to have a certain amount of control on their roster. They like to be able to sign veteran guys who don't have contracts with the NHL team to make them more competitive or to bring in a big name, etc., etc. The Hawks rightfully want full control on their AHL team. They want to have full control on the roster. They use it for development exclusively. And I think, ideally, that's what Hawks fans would want. It would be great to see Hawks prospects play for the Wolves because of the proximity. Of course, of course, that would be wonderful. But the way the Wolves run, the reason the Wolves are able to be so successful and competitive year after year is they have a little more flexibility on their roster than the Hawks and a lot of other teams would feel comfortable with. So until that changes, I don't see the Blackhawks and Wolves becoming affiliated with one another. But I am confident in saying that the adversarial relationship that they had years ago is pretty much in the rearview mirror at this point, and that doesn't uh, really exist anymore. But, Dale, thank you so much for the question. Man, it would be cool, though, wouldn't it, to see all the Hawks prospects playing for the Wolves and how quick it would easy it would be to like call somebody up and that I, that would be wonderful but uh, I would not count on it and look the other good thing about Rockford is it allows the Hawks to sort of grow their fan base a little bit like you think about the impact well probably more than anything WGN had with the Cubs but the fact that the Cubs AAA affiliate's been in Iowa forever that helps them grab that bit of land that is unclaimed by baseball teams. Like, yeah, maybe there's some Minnesota fans in Iowa, whatever, but most of Iowa are Cub fans, and that's because of the Iowa Cubs, and Rockford isn't exactly Iowa, but it's not far, and it's a way to have a footprint, and it's a way for fans that far away from Chicago to feel like they're connected to the team in Chicago. I think that's a good idea. Selfishly, I would love if it was the Wolves, but I think overall... The benefits for the Hawks having their team in Rockford and not Chicago, for all the reasons I listed and more, makes the most sense. Uh, I'm very pleased with the relationship they have there. And look, uh, it's working. It's doing a pretty good job. Next email here comes from Elliot. He says, hey, Jay, I want to say thank you for providing daily content for me to listen to while I'm at work. Also, what system do you play the NHL 20 game on? Would love to see how you stack up against the younger generations of Hawk fans in the game. I play on the PlayStation 4. My username, if you want to friend me, is IrishRed670. Um, I don't. I play a lot of Hockey Ultimate Team. I haven't done like a lot of games against friends or games against people I know using NHL teams because I'm like a really weird stickler for roster accuracy, and it drives me crazy. But if someone wanted to play, I would. I would. I'd be willing to do that. Maybe I can do like a Twitch tournament someday when we're looking for something to do. I've been thinking about getting on Twitch. Um, I don't know if I want to have the camera up and all that stuff, but I'd be willing to, to play and let people watch on my Twitter feed. 
I think I'm pretty good. I, you know, I feel like, and I know everybody feels this way, but I'm pretty realistic about my gaming ability. I feel like when I lose an NHL 20, it's almost like I got either cheesed out of it because guys are using those goals that are always like exploitable. Like there's the wrist shot from right, right near the circle that always finds its way in the back of the net or the endless one timers and all those things. There's a lot of ways to, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to sort of cheat the system a little bit. And I feel like when I lose games, that's what's happened, what happens. But who knows? Maybe I actually suck and don't know. But I've gotten as far as like on the ultimate team to like division three, um, which is I think there's 10 and one being the highest. So I've gotten to three. I think I'm pretty good at the game. And anyone I've, that's challenged me, I've handled with relative ease. But as far as like people that play it professionally, I'm sure I would get smoked. But as, I think as far as the average fan goes, um, I think I can, uh, you know, maybe we could do this. This gives me an idea. Maybe we could do some sort of fundraiser. And whoever, you know, the three people that bid the most get to play me in NHL 20. I don't know. Let me work through that in my brain and uh, see what I can come up with. But that's not a terrible idea. That's something I'd be willing to do. If you're interested in that, hit me up. I'll gauge your level of interest on there, uh, and we'll see if we can make it happen. Thanks for tuning in to Lockdown Blackhawks. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I got an email here from Will. He sent an email to LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Starts off with some really uh, kind words. Appreciate that. I don't like to read praise of myself on the podcast. I feel like that's weird. But last week uh, it came up where we were talking about the Blackhawks logo uh, and whether or not it's appropriate. So I'm going to read Will's email here. Uh, Full disclosure, I have not pre-read it, so I'm going to read it live and we'll see what will has to say he says i'm writing to say that i appreciated your taking on of the question of the hawks logo and whether or not it's appropriate and should or should not be changed i agree that the hawks do a good job of not sensationalizing native american culture or using it to their benefit in any kind of fan experience outside of the jersey logos including the tomahawk sea logo on the sleeves i remember maybe seven years ago at a hawks game a little organ ditty that frank pelico would play between some whistles that was clearly a Native American tune. I personally liked the buildup it had to a Let's Go Hawks, but it wasn't necessary. I've been back many times since then and have listened for it, but he no longer plays it. All of this to say, I think the organization takes that part of their image very seriously, and I wonder how they will balance that in the future. Do you happen to know anything about the history of the logo and how it has been received in Native American and Black Hawk culture? I've done some basic research, but I'm having a hard time finding a concrete answer and would love to know the context if you have any insight. My ultimate hope is that they've earned the respect to keep their logo the way it is, as it's one of the most beautiful in hockey, and the player polls prove that out. Sorry for the long-winded email. appreciate all you do for Hawks fans, blah, 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 blah. Thank you so much. Um, And he also attached a logo of the very popular alternate logo of the Black Hawk with the face paint and it's almost like a swirled feather look and that's been making arounds for years everybody knows what i'm talking about i think i i like the concept of that i don't know if it needs to be as aggressively different as it is i think you could just sort of change the face of the native american to the beak of the hawk and you've pretty much got it down Um, but i also posted on twitter last week the original Black Hawks Battalion logo, which is a hawk with a shield that says BH on it, 
no Native American imagery at all. Um, as for your question, Will, I don't know if this has come up in any major way for the Blackhawks. Not in my recollection, and I've been a diehard Hawks fan for, what, like 35 years now. I feel like now and again it comes up and it will be addressed now and again, but it's not been anything that's taken on real... Um, it hasn't picked up any steam like the Cleveland Indians or the Atlanta Braves or whatever. And I, I think part of that, like you said, and like I said last week, is because the Hawks do a good job of not making it exploitive. You know, they're not, they don't do the chance or the tomahawk chop, and they've never done that. The Hawks have never done that. It's not something that they had and stopped doing. There was never like the the tomahawk chop at a Hawks game. Never. Now you'd see a fan in a headdress now and again, and like you mentioned, Frank Pelico would play the, um, almost like a dun 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 like something like that, sort of like the tomahawk chop, and then he would he would convert it into Let's Go Hawks, but that was it. That was the only little thing, and early on, Tommy Hawk would do like a drum beat which is synonymous with Native American culture. But that's really it, and that stuff sort of got halted when John McDonough came in. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that they've done a good job, or the, not maybe a good job is the wrong word, but they've had some success in flying under the radar on this because they haven't made it such a cartoon. You know, I think they've they've done their best to treat it with respect to not use, uh, you know, their mascot is not a Native American. It never was. There was never a Chief Wahoo or a Chief Blackhawk. I think they've done as good a job as any team with Native American, uh, you know, references as their logo or team name. They've done it better than anybody, I think. And, um, you know, again, that could all change. And if a Native American group says, hey, we don't like this, then they should listen. And they should be open-minded about it. We should all be. But I think they've been able to fly under the radar because – Pretty much since their uh, inception, they've handled it all very, very well. All right, final email here comes from Roderick. By the way, lots of emails this week. Thank you all very much. It's been a slow couple weeks in the past, so thank you for stepping up. Thanks for jumping in. Roderick says, hey, Jay, great episodes and perspectives. Really enjoy the show. I thought I'd contribute to some content. Am I the only one who thinks the Hawks roster isn't in as bad a shape as everyone is saying? I 100% support the front office clean slate approach as well as Canning Cowlton, which naturally will happen once the new president and GM are hired. Well, if that happens. When I look at the Hawks roster, I see a ton of potential with inconsistencies. I think the inconsistent play comes down squarely on the coach. I don't think the Hawks are that far off from getting back to the playoffs and also being competitive once they are. Our new youth movement has already begun with the new core, DeBrinkit, Boquist, Doc, and the supporting cast, Kubalik, Strom, Mitchell, Kane, Taves, and Keith are still playing at extremely high levels, and it'd be nice for us to re-sign Crawford for a two-year deal. Add in a few uh, developed prospects to our team, Barrett, Kurashev, Tepley, Regula, Carlson, Entwistle, 2020 top 10 draft pick, I see the Hawks in pretty good shape in this retool approach. I'm very against a full rebuild like the 2018 Rangers because we have so many younger pieces in place. The glaring hole during Bowman's tenure is player development, and if we can get a few prospects developed, I think this Hawks team can turn it around quickly. Am I the only person who sees the glass half full? Side note, would be cool to find a way to measure each team's prospects' development and see where the Blackhawks rank over a five-year term. They'd have to be in the bottom third. Rod, thank you so much for the email. 
Um, I am generally optimistic about the Blackhawks, too. And it's been a very frustrating uh, season and last couple seasons. But um, you're right. A lot of the stuff that has bothered me has been coaching stuff. You saw, you know, early this year, we talked about it at length. And, yes, that was this season that is still supposedly going on where Jeremy Cowden had to switch the system in early November, and they got immediate results. You know, and they were playing a boring defensive style of play that they were not suited to play. Then, once they started figuring some things out, they suffered so many key injuries that they weren't able to stay in the race. Strom got hurt for a long time. DeHaan out for the year. Seabrook out for the year. Shaw out for the year. And say what you want about Seabrook, but he's still one of your six best defensemen. I don't think there's any doubt there. Andrew Shaw is off to a slow start, but is he one of your 12 best forwards, one of your nine best forwards with some versatility? Absolutely. Kelvin DeHaan, before he went down, was one of your better players. Dylan Strom was a point-per-game guy almost last year. So all those injuries, you know, if you look at this team on paper and I say, okay, you know, it's opening day. Here's the team. You say, okay, maybe a playoff team, borderline playoff team. Sure. I think we all agreed on that going into the year. Then I say, okay, I'm going to cut off this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy's going to miss significant time. Now what? No chance. No chance for a playoff team. Well, that's almost exactly what happened. And the frustrating thing is, had they had a first month like they had the rest of the season, even with those injuries, they'd probably still be in playoff position. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back on Thursday and Friday with brand new episodes. What are we going to talk about? No idea, but we will figure it out as we always do here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Lockdown Blackhawks was brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and save $10 off your order at BuiltBar.com. That's promo code Locked on. And now that this episode of Locked On Blackhawks is over, ask your smart speaker to listen to the latest episode of Locked On NHL. My name is Jay Zawoski. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On Blackhawks. We will talk to you on Thursday morning here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.